1: Well, the Rays are holding their breath before Brent Honeywell could get dirt on his spikes. He injured his right arm, and it doesn't look good. Could Tommy John surgery be in his immediate future? The Rays did get something for Corey Dickerson, after all. He's traded for a veteran reliever to the Pittsburgh Pirates and a prospect and some cash, not Kevin Cash. And Jameis Winston was in a car accident. Don't worry, he's okay. But another accident involving one of his teammates remains a mystery. All of that on this Friday episode of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Let's make this a habit, but before we get started, let me tell you about a new offer from audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. As a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal, Audible is owned by Amazon. It's the leading provider of digital audiobooks. They've got more than 180,000 titles to choose from. And unlike streaming, you own your books, so once they've been downloaded, you can listen to them even offline. That's audibletrial.com sportsday for a free 30-day trial and membership and a free audiobook. Well, Steve, if you didn't think it could get worse for the Rays, and, I mean, they've already, you know, traded away their iconic player and, you Know another top line pitcher, and while well, they DFA'd Corey Dickerson, we'll talk about the trade that they actually got something back for him. Um, but now we remember what was it five minutes ago that Brent Honeywell and Chris Archer were exchanging little barbs and love taps, and I think it was around Valentine's, was Valentine's day, day, as a matter of yes. fact. Yeah, right. So I think those flowers have probably you know that he gave them have probably not even wilted yet, and yet. Bad news today as Honeywell got on the mound and he was throwing some live batting practice and he ended up, I think it was like his second hitter maybe. He'd only thrown like, a few like pitches. Like five
0: pitches I believe he had thrown.
1: Yeah, and he has he grabs, you know, he, he grabbed his forearm basically. He threw his glove down. And according to Mark Tompkin, who was there at the Tampa Bay Times, said he cursed loudly a couple of times and, of course, you know, the assistant trainer uh, runs out there, Mike Sandoval, and that's the last you see of him. They walk him to the clubhouse. Now, you know, you kind of know how which way this is going. I mean, everybody is, is holding their breath, and uh, as we're doing this podcast, uh, there is no, you know, declarative uh, result yet, but they're going to have to do an MRI. And But what everybody is, is fearing, of course, is that, you know, he's – torn a ligament in his elbow and and could be headed for Tommy John surgery which if you think about it um, for as much I mean the expectations of this guy is and has been so high and and rightfully so but a Tommy John surgery now at, at the start of spring training wipes out not only this year but at some point it would be July, August of next year before you would see him on a mound. Probably is, that, is my timetable right with that?
0: You might see him back a little bit before then, but in, in most Tommy John, uh, those who have the surgery and come back, it takes a full year back before you really have all your pitches and everything back to normal. So really, I mean, you don't look for him to be the same Brett Honeywell till 2020 at this point. If if that oh, you know if goodness. it is Tommy John surgery,
1: and that's just that's devastating for the Rays because I mean this is this whole sort of you know, spring has been about unloading veterans and making room. And look, Honeywell probably was going to start the season in Durham. Um, at minimum, it, let's say it's just a forearm strain. I mean, that's the best case scenario. GM uh, Eric Nander said that a lot of fingers are crossed today about it. You know, they have a guy on the, uh, on the roster, Johnny Venters, who's had th- three plus, I think, Tommy John surgeries. And he happened to be there. And he was watching, behind home plate, and the way the way Honeywell reacted, Venner said, uh, eh, you know, this doesn't this doesn't look good." So, I mean, is it too late to get Oda Rizzi back?
0: <laughs>
1: no, I don't <laughs> know. Is a thirty day money
0: back guarantee or anything? <laughs> that's right. Give, give him back right. a low level
1: prospect and get him back. We we'll give you your guys back that you gave us and just just forget about it. Um, this is what happens. I mean, it, you know, I, we've said this for a long time. There's two kinds of pitchers in the majors, those that have had Tommy John surgery and those that have hadn't had it yet. And it just seems to be, um, you know, the human arm might only have so many throws in it. It was interesting when we were, uh, uh, I was doing radio and we used to talk to, you know, um, sort of orthopedic guys, guys that specialize in sports injuries. And, you know, there's been. It seems at least, I mean, this, this is a surgery that, that, like I said, so many guys uh, in professional baseball, and, and really, hell, they're doing them on, you know, 12 and 14 year olds, uh, if you can believe that. But it, it, it's sort of the in vogue thing. I mean, this is the injury that everybody has. And when you talk to doctors, you know, there used to be a belief that, well, it's, you know, kids snapping off curveballs you know, at at 12, before their arms develop, before their bodies have developed and all this sort of thing. And, but they've actually seen an uptick in these and what, you know, sort of the culture of, of all sports right now is that, you know, when you get to be, (laughs) well, in some cases, 10 years old, eight years old, everybody wants you to choose what sport you're playing. And, you know, your best athletes play a bunch of sports, but Anymore, it's like no. Are you are you going to play baseball? Okay, you got to get on the travel team, or you got to you know AAU basketball, or you know if you're playing football, forget about it. They they want you in the spring lifting weights and seven on seven tournaments and all that. So w- typically, what happens, and I think this is true with with the guys that that pitch is um, they're overuse injuries essentially, and on top of that, they're starting to believe some of the belief now. In talking to some of these doctors, is it's not so much you know kids snapping off curveballs, right? It's about the velocity. I mean, look, the, the biggest change in my lifetime, um, other than steroids, with baseball was has been uh, that that the the velocity that these pitchers throw with. I mean, it was uncommon, very uncommon. What twenty years ago to see somebody get in the upper 90s, you know, let alone ever reach 100 miles an hour. And hell, now it seems like every guy that comes out of the bullpen throws 95 plus and and consistently. I was going to say there's, there's
0: probably there's probably less than a couple dozen pitchers that can't get mid, you know low to mid 90s on a fastball yeah, in baseball. Right. I, mean, I maybe I'm a little off there but pretty no, much but every, I, everyone's 94-95 and up.
1: Yeah, it's rare to see a guy that, that's getting it done with ninety ninety one. You know, I mean there's just that 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 pitcher is not hell, he's not gonna make probably make it the division one college ball. And everybody's got the gun and, and, and that's that seems to be, you know, the baseline is how hard can you throw? And these kids are trying to throw harder and harder in high school, harder and harder in college and and uh they actually believe now that it's you know it's as much as anything. It's it's the amount of velocity that some of them are are trying to get on the ball that's that's sort of leading to these injuries. But in any in any respect, it's 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 a shame. It's a damn shame. And uh, it's somebody somebody say to me, uh, uh, co- "Cockiness and karma don't mix," or something like that. I mean, Honeywell's a very confident guy, and you know. This is, this is devastating for him if it does turn out to be uh, something that's going to going to send him under the ninth. But, you know, we've seen other Rays come back from it. I mean, you know, Alex Cobb being one of them, and I'm sure they've had others. And, of course, baseball is full of those guys. But unfortunate for race fans. Just another reason why uh, this season, you know, is sort of shaping up a little weird. Although, I will say, and they took a beating for this, you know, when they DFA'd, Corey Dickerson, they had like 10 days either to make a trade or they were just going to lose him outright. But uh, the Rays actually did get something for him. Uh, They trade him to the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, and they get a veteran lever, Daniel Hudson. And they also get some cash as well, as I mentioned. And the thing is is that for as much as you think maybe Dickerson was a a salary dump, Hudson actually makes $5.5 million. But they're going to get a million of that. Back from the Pirates, apparently.
0: So essentially, so essentially, you're paying Daniel Hudson four and a half mil. Right. You're paying Carlos Gomez four mil.
1: So that's eight and a half.
0: Eight and a half. And Dickerson was scheduled to make 5.95 mil.
1: Yeah. So you've actually, you're actually upticked three and a half million dollars, which you might suspect if they're committed and they seem to be going down from 80 million to around 60 or so, they got some more work to do on that. On that trade front man because you're not you're not close to to where they want to be in salary i don't think um now some of these guys might come off the books you know after a year or so um, but just to get back on hudson he didn't have actually a very great season last year um but you know he's got experience i mean he's i think he's uh was he almost 30 years old yeah he's 30 and he was two and seven which i don't you know relievers records i mean they are what they are. But four three eight ERA, appeared in 71 games, which is a pretty good workload. Um, but, you know, he's not – I mean, to be honest with you, he's not guaranteed a spot in the bullpen for the Rays. But we'll see. Um, he's also a guy that had Tommy John surgery himself. That's why he's actually gone down to the bullpen and, uh, and played there. They also got a um, – I guess they got a prospect – that played uh, for Rice University. Thirteenth round draft pick, I believe. Tristan, Tristan Gray, yeah, and he's a kid that, uh, yeah, thirteenth rounder. Um, played in the New York Penn League last year. Showed some promise. Hit 269, seven home runs, 37 RBIs, and he's a left left-handed guy with a uh, little bit of power, and and he's a young player. He's a guy that can still. Get a little bigger, so I believe uh, I Eric Neander said he had a pretty left, pretty looking left-handed swing. Have you ever seen? By the way, have you ever seen a left-handed hitter that didn't look pretty swinging the bat? I've never seen. They never, they never say that about like oh that right-handed. You see what a gorgeous swing so and so has from the right side or from. Mm-hmm. You know. It is weird. Um, left-handers just seem to have this fluidity to them for whatever reason. It's they always say it about left-handed hitters, and it's more mostly true. But you don't, you just don't get that. I thought the one right-handed batter that I thought kind of swept the bat like that or gracefully was uh, Evan Longoria. You know, when Longoria had his hands working mm-hmm. and had that had that finish, you know, that he had, I mean, he had a beautiful swing. Yes. It was rhythmic, you know. And uh, But yeah, you never, I, always, I was always jealous of left-handed guys. One of my best friends played and went to Mississippi State and, and all that. And he had one of those, you know, they always sweet and, you know, it was always about that left handed swing. So, um, so they at least got, you know, they got something out of it. But, you know, just really bad news for, uh, for the race. Cause this is, this is a, you know, this is not just any, any prospect. I mean, this is, this is one of those guys that can anchor your staff for years to come. You know, this is the, the David Price type, if you will, the guy with the, that kind of hype, Chris Archer hype, you know, um, Maybe even, maybe even higher than that because he's been in the Rays organization for a while. Um, and let's face it, not lacking in confidence. And I, was, I guess we've answered our own trivia question we had a couple, a couple days ago, right? That's true. Which, who would win more games, Chris Archer or uh, Brent Honeywell? And yeah. I took Honeywell. Womp, 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 womp. I guess I lost that one unless we didn't say who they'd have to win it for. I guess there's still a chance that maybe Archer doesn't stay here. Um, although it doesn't seem – it seems as if the, what the Rays are saying is that, um, that they're done for now um, shipping guys out of here. So what we see is probably what we're going to get in terms of, you know, I don't, I don't expect Chris Archer to go anywhere before opening day. I don't, you don't expect Alex Colomay or any of these other guys to be moved. So we'll see if that holds up. But do you know the but, trivia uh,
0: question of the first Rays player to bat number three after Evan Longoria is off the team?
1: Do we know that yet?
0: Yeah, yeah. T- today is the tomorrow,
1: first. tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, Friday's the game, first. Right. The
0: first game. It's a split squad. But Kevin Kiermaier's uh, batting number three. Is it Kiermaier
1: batting three? That's so they, they he had Duffy the second, the right? Yeah. Is that? The, uh, I'm guessing that uh, Denard Span's leading off, right?
0: Um, I, I didn't see they, the whole lineup, but I did. See yeah, the I think Kiermaier, it's Denard so Span. it's a split squad, so it's one of the two games. He's number. Hey everyone.
1: and i think duffy and i think Kieran, yeah now they don't want the outlaw batting third do they that doesn't mean that's
0: going to be in the regular season it's cuz he's just going to try training. to
1: yoke he's just going to try to yoke everything <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what he does anyway but actually when he came back from his injury last year man the guy was on a home run barrage he was sent some balls 400 feet. like wait a minute what's going on here but um but yeah he's going to if he, they drop him below second he's going to start yoking things Anyway, we feel bad for the rays. We hope uh probably well, hopefully we'll it's get a, some hopefully good it's news. a mild forearm strain and sure. And that yeah. happens. It does happen. Although that can be a warning sign prior to actually tearing it as well. So, you just don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um just some uh some news on the uh, mentioned on the Buccaneers front in case you didn't hear this uh and we found out about it. Uh, Just recently, Bucs quarterback Jameis Winston was actually involved in a car accident. This happened the day before uh, uh, Valentine's Day, February 13th. He was on the Veterans Expressway, I guess, near Walters. That's not far from his house. Um, But anyway, he rear-ended. He was driving his uh, Ford truck. I guess it was a Silverado or something like that. And he rear-ended a guy from Lutz. And... Uh, there was damage to both vehicles. I mean, this sounded like one where you might have had some airbags deploying, things like that. Four thousand dollars damage to the other guy's car. But thankfully, um Jameis was uh not injured and everybody's everybody seems fine. Nobody injured on the other car either. He gets cited for careless driving. That happens when you uh you know, when you end up hitting somebody from behind. Um so other than that, it was fine. Also on the uh on the Buccaneer, I guess you would say Police front? I don't know. The blotter? Remember the – yeah, the blotter. Remember the weird uh, situation when the Bucks played in Carolina? That was weird enough when they lost that game up there uh, on Christmas Eve, I think it was. But Deshaun Jackson was hurt. He had a uh, an ankle injury. And if you recall, the, there was a truck that belonged to him that was registered under his name. It was found abandoned and wrecked uh, at the – I guess it was International Plaza, the mall. And it was in the parking lot. And so the cops came upon this wrecked vehicle that had taken out a tree. Tree lost. Car was abandoned. Um, And the cops went through it. They found some marijuana. And they found a couple of hollow-point bullets in the the vehicle. Um, But as it turns out, even though the car was registered to Deshaun Jackson, he told police that a friend was driving it. Uh, that night, and the bullets and drugs weren't his and all that. Um, well, the full police report was released, I guess, on Thursday, and what it showed was one of Jackson's friends, and actually a former teammate of his with the Philadelphia Eagles back in oh seven oh eight, um, Terrian Fontenot, who's 35, that was the guy that was the alleged driver, and what's interesting about him is in addition to the police never being able to locate him to talk to him um, this guy has sort of a history I mean he I mentioned he played a couple games uh, in the NFL and you gotta you go back to the Eagles but he also was a guy that was a teammate I guess he played he played at Fresno, I think, in college, and one of his teammates in Fresno was Bernard Berrien, who was a wide receiver for the Vikings, I want to say, for a couple of years. Um, pretty good player. Well, back in 2015, so that would have been you know, two years ago, he spent, this guy, Fontenot, spent six months in jail. He was arrested for burglarizing his teammate's home, Berrien's home, and how he got caught was They had been at a barbecue together. (laughs) Picture this now. This is the cat that was driving Deshaun's car, allegedly. This Fonno guy had been at a barbecue with Barion, and they kind of left he left the barbecue, and Fonno breaks into Barion's home. And he and Barion's alerted because he's got one of these home security things where you can sit there and watch the live video (laughs) of the guy burglarizing your home. And he's like, Yo, man, that's T Font. What's going on? That's my guy. What are you doing? So he called the cops and identified him. And the guy played, uh, I guess, no contest or whatever. And he wound up uh, with six months in jail and two years probation. So, look, I, I've talked to Deshaun Jackson. I did this before the season. And, and Deshaun has a lot of friends um, that, you know, have some have some history. Uh, criminal history or whatnot Deshaun does not but um you know this is just one of those guys that he's known for a long time was it was uh, like I said a teammate of his and is essentially letting him drive around in, in his silverado so but this case has been dismissed there's not going to be any, any um problems for Deshawn or problems for uh for font I guess apparently and uh you know maybe it's just maybe it's just a lesson learned who you who you lend your car to I don't know Okay, so let's get back to uh, get back to the important stuff. Your Tampa Bay Lightning, pretty good road trip we got brewing here. That's two in a row now. They go up uh, big over Ottawa, four to one, and then hang on to win four to three. Straight, second straight win on this road trip. What is goalie and interference?
0: Is that more confusing knows. or an NFL catch? Which one's more confusing?
1: You know what? I think they're the same. I mean, to me, um, it's so subjective that you can watch a guy just get plowed into. And nothing, there's no call at all. And then another time, um, they'll disallow a goal when when a guy is 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 pushed into the crease into a goal. I mean, it's just weird. It's like nobody has a definition. I mean, at least at least the NFL says, you know, that you have to quote survive the ground, which is a phrase that I think I try to use every day because I don't want to fall as I get older. I'm my my goal is to survive the ground. <laughs> You know, like six feet under the ground. Like, I I don't want to hit the ground. I want to stay. Like, when you're a kid, my kids come home, and their knees, I mean, from head to toe, they're covered. Like, they've been on the ground all day. I question whether they ever actually walk. I think they just crawl on the ground all day. I mean, that's how dirty they are. It's like, how do you humanly, you know, there's grass and things. Like, I don't know how you get this much dirt on you. But now, as as you get older... You you try to stay off the ground because once you get down there, it's very hard to get back up. So I try to survive the ground. But that's what the NFL. At least they have a definition that if you if you're making a catch, and you know you you are going to the ground, you must you must secure the ball through the catch and survive the ground. Um, I still don't know what goaltender interference is. What is the rule? I mean, you know the rule. Is there if if you bump, hit, otherwise plow over the goaltender when when the, the I, and
0: I don't, I don't know the rule off the top of my head, but it's, it's about impeding what? the goaltender's ability to make a play. But it's got to be immediate. Um, I'm assuming on this play, what they were, what they'll say, and I haven't seen the, the, they usually send out info of why they overturned something. But uh, I'm gonna right. say they're, they're gonna say yes, he was, he was hit, but he had time to recover. That he didn't, that you know, that the, the hit happened far enough before. The goal was scored that he would have that it did not
1: interfere back. with the actual scoring of the goal. Yes, that's so, what my so guess is they going to say.
0: I don't, I didn't see the the results of that yet, but right. But that was the second well, goal that got Ottawa within four to two in the third period.
1: And then they and then they get another one, and then they have to hang on. Got Look,
0: a late power play goal, and then you know a scramble, of course, with the
1: empty net. Ha- yeah, ha- hats off to Louis Domingue, By the way, he played well, very well. I mean, this guy, all he's done is win three out of five. Now, tell me you wouldn't take that from your backup goaltender.
0: Absolutely. And Peter Budai is close to coming back, so Lightning are going to have some choices and decisions to make.
1: Because he, he don't look like he wants to go back to Syracuse to me.
0: No, and, and, and you know, Budai didn't play that well early in the year. Granted, he was playing so sparingly, too. That didn't happen. Right. But, uh, it'll be but interesting this guy don't play every week, but he's yeah, playing. it's going to be interesting what Steve Eiserman does.
1: Now, what, what what what's your money? Is your money on uh, Budai, or is it? Uh, I think Domingo. Prop, is. you do. Yeah. Wow. So they go with the younger guy instead of the experienced guy in this on this team that might. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen Stanley Cups where, you know, Ben Bishop couldn't go, and you you had Vasilevsky, you were glad to have him, but. You could get a playoff scenario where you need your backup goaltender to win you a game.
0: Well, and, and or, or you know, and I think Deming can go back to Syracuse without going through waivers. So maybe maybe that's the play temporarily. Although, you know, Peter Budai could be traded by Monday. That's which true. trade deadline too. Is that it could be a piece that another team is looking for a backup goalie or somebody. Um, that's true. So that may be a piece Eisman uses to get either a player for this year or even future prospects or draft picks. Um, if he wants to keep keep Domingue up
1: here. Uh, Dominguez looked pretty good, I'll say that. He looked strong. To, he had he saved a couple of breakaway goals that would have turned this game around mm-hmm. on its ear. I mean, just, you know, point-blank saves. Um, they also did something else. I guess they went back to the Nemezkov, letting Nemestikov and Stamkos and Kucherov together. Looked and that good. paid off. Yes. Yeah. Nemestikov gets his his 20th goal, could have had another one. And that's now – I want to say that's five players they have now with at least 20 goals. It's incredible. I mean, it's it and then, you know, in reading uh, Joe Smith, you want to go to TampaBay.com and read his column, he wrote a story uh, in talking to Stevie, Stevie Eiserman because, of course, they're up there playing, you know, in Ottawa with Eric Carlson there, which you, you mentioned there was a pretty funny story, I guess, before the game with Carlson. Yeah, I'm
0: not sure if it was morning skate or this afternoon coming to the arena, but apparently he deked everybody and pretended to go in the Tampa Bay locker room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they'll probably never get this guy because I'm sure that Ottawa, if they trade him is just going to ask for the moon. And, and, you know, clearly the the lightning don't want to give away the farm, but you go back to the all-star game when he's wearing the pirate hat, it would be so enjoyable to see a guy like that on the lightning. I think it would be, he's a hoot. He'd be an enjoyable guy to watch. But anyway, getting back to Joe Smith, he had written a story uh, in, in the Tampa Bay times about how, uh, you know, he talked to Iserman and it, it, you know, you I wouldn't want to. First of all, look at the guy's face, right? Do you want to play poker with him? No, because I don't. The expression never changes. They could be—he's sitting there watching a the game, and they could be up, you know, five to zero, or they could be down four to nothing and playing just horrible. And <clears throat> you would know just looking at him. But I guess he—he kind of made the point that you know, I like this team, and I don't want to move anybody. I'm not looking. He didn't say that it would never happen, right? I mean, I don't think he closed the door completely. I think he left himself some wiggle room. But he basically said, I'm not trading any – I'm not – you know, these teams want our best players and our prospects and all of that, and I'm not breaking the band up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the quote was something along the lines of, you know, they want the younger guys, and, you know, we're not looking to trade those younger guys. We want them on this team for a long time to come, meaning right. in Point, Miguel Sergachev, et, et cetera, Yanni Gord maybe. Although he's so maybe the they time.
1: get rid of an older guy. Maybe maybe you get a chance to get rid of if, if
0: somebody wants one. Well, I mean, ultimately, if you're going to make a trade for a big-time player, essentially these trades have to become salary cap neutral.
1: Right. That's so
0: right. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to bring in a Carlson or a Ryan McDonough, they've got big contracts coming to you. You've got to give up some big contracts because essentially to make it work, you have to be salary cap neutral. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know – if. if you know, just speculating, but, you know, okay, say you get a McDonough or a, a Carlson, you may give up a Braden Coburn, which then – and some mm-hmm. other pieces that kind of – you're trying to match contracts essentially is what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of threading the needle a little bit. But anyway, the Lightning continue on. they got one more game on this road trip. They play, uh, I guess, at Montreal, and then uh, they come home on – I'm going to be there Monday night. I'm going yeah. to the game. Trade dead deadline's Monday
0: at 4 o'clock. That's right. And then they'll play Toronto yeah. that night.
1: So we'll have all that for you, hopefully, uh, on the podcast as well. And, um, you know, we look, we, we thank you for listening. We hope that you're making this a habit. We want to get your feedback, your questions. You can always reach us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me uh, on Twitter as well, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is uh, rstroud at com. And, hey, we want them to uh, also, if you get a chance to rate and review this podcast, and Steve, where can they do that?
0: Yeah, you can do that wherever you subscribe to the podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, uh, uh, TuneIn. Uh, Of course, it's on SoundCloud. Also, you can go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest podcast is always there, and you can click and review it there, too.
1: Make sure, by the way, you go to tampabay.com for all the latest news, not just on Brent Honeywell, but the Bucks, the Lightning, uh, USF, uh, all things Tampa Bay. Uh, That's what this podcast is for. If you don't have a chance to check in on that, you can always check in on our podcast. We'll keep you up to date and let you know what's going on. Big weekend in sports. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Spring? Is
0: that you?